Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Look, we're, we're continuing our series, Heart for the House, but I'm not preaching today. We have a very special guest uh, speaker that's going to speak today. He's not really a guest, kind of a, a hometown speaker, and one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, probably my favorite person in the whole wide world. My wife, Pastor Andrea, is coming up to deliver our message today. So, man, can y'all just give it up for Pastor Andrea as she comes to bring the word today, Heart for the House. Awesome. Thank y'all so much for worshiping the Lord with us today. It was so good. I just wanted to stay right there and not do this. I just wanted to worship all day. Um, again, my name is Pastor Andrea. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, Pastor Kevin's better half. You know, you know how that is. Um, yeah, that's, they, they know. They're aware. Um, y'all, I'm so excited to be able to come before you today. Um, I'm excited about this series that we're in. Let me get my notes up here called Heart for the House. And Pastor Kevin hinted to it that this is a series that we're in talking about the presence of the Lord, um, the importance of the local church and your role in it. And next week is our birthday. Whoop, whoop. We're turning four years old. Can't believe it. And one of the things um, that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks is on that Sunday, we're actually going to do our very first church offering for the house. In the last four years, we've never taken up a special offering for the vision of the church. And so next Sunday, over the last two weeks, we've been asking you to pray and seek the Lord and see what he would have for you to, to sacrifice, to offer. And what that offering is going to go to is towards the vision of City Heart Church. And so if this is your very first time, I'm really speaking to our family, right? The people who call themselves a part of the member of this house, the family of, of City Heart. But that offering is going to go towards the vision. And what's the vision of City Heart Church? Well, the vision of any church, hopefully, the local church, is to bring people who are far from God close to him so they can be one heart with him and then one heart with the family of God. And so that offering is gonna go towards the vision of this house. And also we need a house. This is temporary, right? We're renting this space, right? We need our own church home. And so that offering is gonna go towards that. And then on that day, next Sunday, we're gonna kick off a campaign to prepare for our house, wherever God has for us. And so if you're not prepared to give that day, we're gonna do something special and have ways for you to sign up to commit to whatever the Lord has placed on your heart. So Pastor Kevin and I are not asking for a specific amount because we know that the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need to do and how you need to participate in that, amen? Amen. So just wanted to put that plug in there and say it's week two of Heart for the House series. And again, like I said before, we have been talking and learning about the presence of God, the importance of the local church. And last week, Pastor Kevin talked about time and it was so good and convicting all at the same time, right? And how are we using our time for the body of Christ, but also how are we using our time with the Lord? And so this week, we're going to continue that conversation. And today we're going to be talking about talents. So the title of my message today is Heart for the House, Talented. In case you didn't know, you got talent, and I'm going to show you that. And now we're going to talk about how we're going to use that talent. So let's pray so that the Holy Spirit can talk, and it's not me, so that you get what God has for you. Father, I just thank you so much for today. This is the season of our lives that you have known all about. You've ordained it. You've, you've set it up. And so you know exactly where we are in our hearts, you know what we need, you know what we're lacking, you know what we're succeeding, you know what we're failing. And yet in all that you know, you still choose us and you still love us. So because of that, I want you, Father, to speak, not me. 
not my opinion, not my agenda, but you. God, you know each and every one of us in this room. You know all of our talents, and you know exactly our purpose and how you want us to live in this life. And so, God, we want to hear from you. Father, speak to us today as we study the word. And I just pray that when we leave this service today, that we will leave with a better understanding, a better understanding of who you are, number one, a better understanding of who we are in you. And God, I just, I, it is my heart's desire that we leave this place having captured what you are trying to say and do through us because you're trying to take us to victory. You're trying to take us to life, Lord God. You want us to be successful. And so Lord, we wanna catch that. I just rebuke the enemy. He would try to steal it with distraction. He will try to steal our, our life's purpose with worry and, and fear. But we just say no to that right now because we're in your presence. Fear has no place here. And so God, I just thank you for what you're about to say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen. All right, listen, I'm fired up because we went on vacation for like two days. So I'm a little bit chocolater because we went to the beach and it was so great. And we were talking about this series that we're in. We we're talking about what we're going to be talking about today and talents and how to use your talents for the kingdom of God. And I'm super, super excited about it. And so I want to read some scripture really quickly so you can kind of get context for what we're talking about. And then I'm gonna give you a quick recap of last week. So if you have your Bibles with you, Pastor Kevin just showed you the YouVersion Bible at all the notes are there. So you can use the, that or you can look on the screens. And I'm going to read from my cute little iPad here. And I'm going to be reading out of Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two, starting in verse 19. And we're going to be in Ephesians a lot. We may go to first Corinthians that we might be in Ephesians for most of this. And Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 says this, it says, consequently, you're no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in him, in Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. If you have your actual physical Bible, turn over just two chapters to Ephesians chapter four. And we're gonna start in verse 15 of Ephesians chapter four, and it says this. Instead, speaking the truth in love will grow. Will grow to become in every aspect of the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, for him, from him, Christ, the whole body, all of us are joined and held together by every supporting ligament and we grow, we build ourselves up in love as each part does its work. Heart for the house, talented. All right, so last week, Pastor Kevin introduced Heart for the House series for us and he said this. He said, the heart for the house isn't measured just by what we gain, right? It's not just by what blesses us. It's also measured by what we're willing to give what we're willing to sacrifice so that somebody else gets to experience what we've gotten to experience in the presence of the Lord. If you've ever been in a situation, hopefully you have, where you've believed God for something, you've prayed for something and it happened, that's a great moment, right? Especially if you really needed that thing to happen, right? We wanna 
have everybody else to have that same experience. We don't want to hoard that experience. Pastor Kevin talked about it last week. If you go to a good restaurant, the food is so good. Nine times out of 10, you're going to post about it or you're going to tell somebody else about it, right? And so heart for the house, we're talking about, okay, if God has done something in you, we want you to be passionate about that, but we don't want you to hoard it and be selfish with it. We want you to share that. Amen? So we talked about that, but we already kind of know that that's what Jesus is asking of us, right? Because we know the Great Commission. In case you don't know it, I'm going to read it for you. Matthew 28, Jesus says this to all believers. Right before he leaves the earth, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey the commands that I have given you, and surely I will be with you always until the very end of the age. So the apostles and the disciples and every believer understood that this is not just mine to hold, right? That this actually works when I give it away. Man, where would we be had the, the apostles and the disciples thought to themselves, wow, that was so powerful. I don't want to give that away. That was just, it was such an intimate thing. It's so personal to me. I just, I got to keep it for myself. Where would we be if they had not understood the power of their sacrifice, you know, when you honor something and value it a lot, it takes a lot to give it away. I'm about to tell on you real quick. So one thing that Pastor Kevin and I, we do not agree on this. Reese's cups. Am I saying that right? See, he likes to buy the king size because there's four cups in there. When you get the normal size, there's two cups. In my mind, if there's two cups in the normal size, we should share that. In his mind, that doesn't compute. So we have to buy the king size and I get one of the four. Okay. <laughs> He doesn't understand the power of his sacrifice, right? All the googly eyes. Oh, honey, you shared that with me? You know, I'd be all sweet. But normally what happens is I'm all upset because I'm like, why can't you? There's two things. There's two cups in here. I don't understand that. You just pray for your pastor. He's learning the power of his sacrifice. He's going he's gonna to get that. He's learning. I'm just kidding. Well, that really does happen, but I'm, I'm not really upset about it because I don't love them the way that he does. But the power of our sacrifice, the, the apostles and the disciples got that. They understood that. And I'm sure it wasn't always easy. If you know a little bit about your biblical history, Peter, who was the leader of the church after Jesus left, he was the leader. He had a little issue with sharing the gift of the gospel, right? And so Paul, who wasn't originally a part of the group, he was trying to kill the group before he got saved and the Lord changed his life, had to check him on that. Peter thought it was just for the Jews. This, this, this gospel, the Messiah, he just came for one group. Man, that says a lot about where we are today in this culture, right? And so even him, Peter, who loved Jesus, he was with Jesus. He saw, he knew him on an intimate level, different than everybody else. Even him didn't even realize the power of sacrifice, the power of making sure that this is available for everybody. But thanks be to God, the apostles and disciples got it together. And now here we are today, 2020, right? And just like the Great Commission, I said it already, the mission of City Heart Church, the mission of the body of Christ is to bring people who are far from God close to him so that they're one heart with him and therefore one heart with each other. With each other. And, and you know, you hear that people who are lost and you think about someone who doesn't know Jesus, but do you know that there are so many people who come through those doors Sunday in and Sunday out who are just as lost, who aren't one heart with God? who are definitely not one heart with the person sitting next to them. And I'm not saying that in a way to be judgmental. I'm saying that in a way that it is important, it is invaluable that we get this. 
Because if we figure out what our role is, if we figure out what our part is, and if we play that part well, all the division that you see in the body of Christ, people leaving the church because of our hypocrisy, that would fade away. If we just understood the power of our sacrifice, if we just understood the power of being one heart with the Father and one heart with each other, amen? All right, so last week, PK set us all up. It was great, talking about time, convicting us. And these are the two questions that I got out of last week's message. And it was this, man, how am I spending my time? How am I spending my time in the presence of God? Because yes, we're talking about heart for the house, the body of Christ, the local church, but it starts first with the person filling that house and that's God's spirit. So how am I spending my time with the spirit of God in his word, amongst his people, in prayer, How am I using my time, not only with him, but to benefit you and to benefit my children, to benefit my husband? Am I using my time to benefit them? And so the reason why I keep talking about time, and I'm sure my husband was like, okay, I taught that last week. Go ahead, girl, move on. You know, it's because if we don't understand that our time spent in God's presence directly affects our understanding of our sacrifice, then we're missing it. It's going to be really difficult to give something away if you don't understand the why, Companies talk, there's books on that. Companies talk about that. If you're a leader and you're an executive, you're leading your staff. If your staff doesn't understand the why, it's really difficult for them to be motivated to do what it is you need them to do because you can't do everything. So the why is important. But where do you get the why? Well, you get the why in God's presence. Let me explain it to you. The more time you spend in God's presence, the more you start to understand your identity. The more you spend in God's presence. And when I say that, I'm talking about coming to church. I'm talking about Dusting this off, reading the word, really intently getting in this, the more you spend worshiping the Lord. And yes, I'm a worship leader. If you didn't know that, I'm naturally going to be loud and just lay on the floor and, and praise God. That's me. But when I use the word worship and being God's presence, I mean, the more you choose God over something else, the more you choose faith over fear, the more you choose peace over worry, the more you choose joy over anger, that's worship right? The more you choose life over death. So what I'm talking about, the more time you spend worshiping the father, the more you start to understand your identity. Because the more you spend time in his presence, the more you start to understand him. And the more you start to understand him, the more you start to see yourself. I mean, the the word is a mirror, right? His presence, we're made in his image. So the more you understand him, the more you understand yourself. The more you understand yourself and the more you understand yourself in him, the more you will start to realize how much God loves you. Now, if you've been in church for a minute, that might actually seem cliche because you hear that all the time. But I'm not talking about a mushy, gushy love. I'm talking about real love. Because let me tell you something. Real love is patient and it puts up with you. That's real love. Real love loves you in your mess. Real love doesn't leave you when you're just acting a straight fool and just willing rebellion. That's real love. Real love is patient. Okay, we're about to skip. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. You have to look at the bottom. Because the Holy Spirit just said, go there. So we're going to go there. First Corinthians chapter 13. Now, I picked a version of this is not the normal version. Because I don't want you to read it and think, oh, I know what she's talking about. I want you to read this and feel as convicted as I did writing this message, okay? First Corinthians chapter 13. This is the passion version. And it is passionate. And it just makes you repent. That's, I'm just telling you right now. So get your heart ready. It's so important that we understand this concept. Because when... 
John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world. And we, we, we know that scripture. We teach it to our kids and we think about it in a mushy, gushy type way. But I'm here to tell you that that was not a mushy, gushy type love, okay? That was a sacrificial love. That was a violent love. That was, I'm gonna do whatever it takes, even though you're spitting in my face type love. I'm gonna get beaten and rejected and you don't even yet choose me. This is, I'm sure the mindset of Christ because I see further than what I see, further than how you're acting right now. That's the kind of love we're talking about, okay? So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. First one out of the Passion Version. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many language and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. The Passion Version, you get it? And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possess unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but never learn to love, then I'm nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, I'm on fire for Jesus without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. I think it's so interesting how much he's really talking about the church that's lost his passion. We're bringing the lost to God so they can be one heart with him. Continuing on, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come, excuse me, to someone else. Love doesn't brag about one's own achievements, but inflates its, or, nor inflates its own importance. Love doesn't do that. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty, finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. That's, that's love. That's love. And so why do I spend so much time there? Well, if you don't understand God's love for you, if you don't understand that kind of love for you, it's difficult to understand his why when he asks you to sacrifice certain things. But when you start to understand the love of God, that kind of love, man, the why of why he asks for your time, the why for why he asks for your talent, or your provision, it, it's, it's mind-blowing, okay? Now we're talking about, wow, that kind of God, that kind of God will basically do anything for me in my whatever, you're so you're gentle with me, you're not prideful, you're honoring me when I'm dishonorable, you're celebrating me when I'm not worthy of it, that's the kind of love, that's the kind of God that we serve. And so when you start to understand that kind of love and your identity in that, Wow, then you start to understand the power of your sacrifice for others. Amen? All right, so back to where I was. Sorry for people following me with the notes because I'm all over the place. All right, so what's your talent then? So, okay, how am I going to use my talent? I got to know what it is. And I think we're all talented. Some of us, it's an outward thing, right? You, you can perform, you can sing, you got a gift of song. You can build things. You're an artist. You can create you're a leader, right? You can make great decisions. You make wise decisions. You can take something from the ground up and turn a company around, things like that, right? And that's outwardly, you can see that. But all of us are talented in something. And what do I mean by that? Well, all of us have an affinity towards something and there's things that we're good at. 
For some of us, it's critical thinking, deduction, reasoning. For some of us, we're good at being critical, judgmental, always having something to say. We're good at that. We're talented. We got talent. For some of us, empathy, mercy, right? Compassion. We're always thinking about other people. For some of us, we are talented at being hard-hearted, merciless, never having room for any type of grace for anybody else. For some of us, we're talented at being joyful and optimistic, and those people drive you crazy because you're always happy all the time. Do you ever come down off a 10? No, never, right? (laughs) Some of us are talented at that. I used to be like that, then kids wore me down. Used to be like that. (laughs) Somebody actually said to me, do you ever come down from 10? No, you know, but... For some of us, you are talented at zero. Everything is, the glass is beyond half empty. It's just kicked over. You're talented at worry. We're talented at being anxious. We're talented at living in fear, right? We all have a talent. We, We associate talents with good things, but talent is literally just a skill, something that you do easily, naturally. We're all talented. But the question today, heart for the house, how are we using our talents to glorify God? How are we using our talents to bring life to ourself and life to others? If you're sitting in this room and you're thinking to yourself, I don't even know what my talents are, or based off of what you just said, I'm talented at a lot of things that I don't want to be talented at. Don't worry, Jesus is here, right? And he can help you with that. Listen, your talents affect your purpose. That's why I highlighted both the good talents and the positive talents and also the negative talents because they affect what you're doing in your life and and how you're doing it. And so if you're sitting in this room right now and you're feeling purposeless and you're feeling like, I don't even know what God has called me to do, that's okay. I'm gonna help you change that and change your perspective so that we can move forward in the life that God has for you. And so if you look at Mark 11, verses 30 and 31, we know this scripture. This is the two things that God asks us to do. Well, three, there's a great commission, but this is like the the other two things. And it says this, love the Lord your God with everything, your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. That's Mark 11. And then after you do that, and while you're doing that, love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, it's, it's simple. Our talents are supposed to fulfill our purpose. So the question is, how are you using your talent. And you might also be thinking, well, well, what's in it for me? If I give my time away, if I give my skills away to the local church, to other believers, to God, what's in it for me? Pastor Kevin likes to say this all the time. It's really not about you. And it's not. Because when you start to understand the power of your sacrifice, the power of giving, you start to realize that there's a benefit in it for you. But if you're constantly holding on to it, you never get to experience the benefit of giving something away. When you give life away, you create life. When you give love away, you receive love. In our premarital classes that we teach people, we're always saying you should get in the habit of out-serving each other. Not just because that's a good Christian thing to say, because it works. Let me give you an example. Um, I've got two little girls. We've got two little girls, a three-year-old and a six-year-old. Lord Jesus, they are literally me. (laughs) One looks just like him, but literally, personality, they're girls all day in attitude all day. And I have noticed something, and the Holy Spirit has kicked my butt with this, is I get really frustrated. I'm, I'm a fast talker, fast thinker. So I'm like, hey, we got, let's, let's move, let's move fast. I forget that they're six and three. Moving fast is not a part of 
their MO unless they want it to be, okay? So anyway, I get really frustrated with them quickly because I'm thinking, you should know this already. I'm constantly saying this to you over and over and over again. Why am I having to repeat myself? And so then what I've noticed is my oldest, Christina, she's six, gets super frustrated with her younger sister, Rachel, who's three, all the time. I mean, she could do one thing and Christina's like, ugh, right? Or she's just, she gets so frustrated with her. And I'm always trying to tell her, hey, relax, show some grace, calm down, whatever. The Holy Spirit says to me, girl, she's just doing what she see you do. I said, Lord Jesus. That's a fine, you know, like, what? I'm trying to teach these kids to be sweet and have grace and be kind. And the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, you're saying that, but that's not what you're modeling. And so he's saying, look, he's like, Dre, you're literally getting what you've been giving. I'm literally seeing my children behave how I have been giving them behavior, right? I've been giving them frustration. I've been giving them just lack of patience, right? Of course, I had to seriously repent for that. But it just, it was like, oh, so many times we think we have to speak up and say something. I got to stand for what I believe in and, and, and just treat people in a way that it is not how we want to be treated. And we know the golden rule. We know treat others how you want to be treated. We know that, but it's a whole other thing to walk that out. Why? Because we don't realize the power of our sacrifice. We don't realize the power of giving is actually going to get something for us in return. Amen? Amen. So let's look at some more scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Well, let's go back to Ephesians, sorry. Ephesians chapter two, we read it earlier <clears throat> about being fellow citizens in Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 in, with God's people and being members of the house. And so what's in it for me? Well, I think you've got it by now. You get what you give. You got that? You get what you give. And so I think it's, it's so important to recognize that not only are we fellow citizens with God's people, but we're all members of the same household. I use my kids a lot because they're my world right now. And one of the things that I've been saying a lot to my oldest is, hey, you live here too, right? And so as a mom, for me, I'm speaking for me because every mom has a different experience. Sometimes when I get stressed and burnt out and worn out, it's because I realize that I'm doing everybody's job and I'm cleaning up after everybody and I'm cooking for everybody, and I'm doing everything. And sometimes it's just easier because they're little and you don't feel like, it's just move out the way, I'll just do it, you know? But what I realized is I was teaching them something that was bad. They don't have any value for the house because they're not putting any work into it. You know, they don't understand <laughs> that they live here too. They think, oh, I live here, so she's gonna take care of me. But they don't realize that they're a part of this household. And so if they don't do their part, it makes it difficult for me to do what they really need me to do because I'm so exhausted carrying 20,000 plates when I'm only supposed to be carrying one. That's what happens in the body of Christ. Burnout, right? Ministry, hello. You find yourself doing everybody else's lane. You're just, you don't wonder you're about to be in a car accident because you're going from lane to lane. But wouldn't it be great if the body of Christ figured that out figured out that if we all figured out what our part was, figured out where our lane was, and we all stayed in our lane, there wouldn't be so many obstructions in the way. There wouldn't be so much division in the way and chaos and hurt. You know, when somebody hurts you, when somebody abuses you, when somebody takes advantage of you, when somebody lets you down, you know what happened there? Somebody didn't do their part. 
they didn't realize that they, they thought they were whatever, protecting themselves, being selfish. The selfishness is not doing your part. God says our part is to love each other. And so you gotta realize they didn't, they didn't recognize the power of their part, the power of their sacrifice, the power of loving and doing in honor, right? And sometimes when people hurt us, we don't do our part because we allow ourselves to be in situations. We don't guard ourselves. What does the Bible tell us to do? Guard your heart and your mind and be mindful of the company that you keep. So one of two things have happened there. You didn't do your part or they didn't do their part. The state of our nation right now, somebody's not doing their part, right? We're supposed to come together there's more things that bring us together than that divide us. But everyone's worried about what's in it for me. And so now there's all this division, right? And so if the church would get this, if the country would get this, if the world would get this, but see, that's why we live in a lost and dying world. And that's why we need Jesus. And everybody's got to understand their part so that we can preach this so that we don't have to have so much heartache. So that we don't have to have so much division. Heart for the house. When you have a heart for the house, the household that you live in, I just showed it to you in Ephesians chapter two, you realize that you're not only a member of the house, but that's your house too. My kids do better when their area is clean. They don't like to clean it, but they, they think better. They process better when things are tight and right together. We just, like I said, we just came back from vacation and I have this thing. It drives, I'm sure it drives you crazy, honey. I want to clean the house before we go. Let me tell you why. Cause I feel so convicted when I come back from this beautiful hotel room and I come and see my house and it's a hot mess. I'm like, ah, so I don't want that feeling. So let me clean my house. There's one less thing I have to do when I come back from vacation. I'm rested. I don't want to do that work, A. But then I don't want to be thinking, oh God, my house is just horrible compared to this beautiful hotel we just stayed in, right? But how does the hotel stay clean? They have people who clean it every day. And so if I don't do that work in my own house, if I don't honor what's mine, if I don't put any sweat equity into my own house, not only do I not honor it, I'm looking around thinking, how come I don't have this and how come I don't have that? Well, what have you done? So I tell my kids, um, hello, you can clean this room too. You know, just y'all are all in our house. This is literally what happens. In Ephesians chapter two, verse 22 says this, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So many people ask in, a, in counseling situations, I want to hear God. I want to know he's speaking. I want to feel his presence. Why are you crying in worship and I'm not? Why are, you, why, why are you just in a whole different phase and, and I'm not? What is it like to feel the presence of the Lord? I believe because we are his temple, right? As if you're a believer, if you're born again, you've given your life to the Lord, you've asked the Lord to come into your home, your body, that that's where the, the Lord lives, and so when I get that question, there's a part of me that's thinking, well, is your house in order? Right now I'm talking about your physical house, but how you keep your physical house as a temple of the Holy Spirit affects how this house operates. It's hard for the house. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're looking to feel God more, to understand him more, you want the spirit of God living on the inside of you, you got to get your house in order. You got to keep your house in order. What does that look like in his word? coming and being a part of the local church, praying, talking to the Lord, choosing God, choosing faith over fear, choosing his life over death. The Lord lives where his home is, right? His spirit wants to live within you. As a Christian, you become a new creation. Pastor Kevin talked about it at the end of worship. He dwells there and he lives there and he wants to. So what are you doing for your house? Are you using your talents 
to benefit and bless the house of God so that more people can know him? Are you using your talents and your time in God's presence so that you can know him better? Or are you using your talents to only just dig a a deeper hole of death and despair for yourself? I know this is a hard message, but if you can get the power of your sacrifice, if you can get the power of using your talents to glorify God and glorify your brother and sister, you will start to reap a newness, a new life like never before. Ephesians chapter four, two chapters over from chapter two, uses the word in love twice, right? We already read the love chapter and it says instead, Ephesians chapter four, verse 15, speaking the truth in love, we grow. Speaking the truth in love, we grow. To become in every aspect of the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For from Christ, the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I think a lot of times when I've read this scripture, I've thought, okay, because I'm in Christ and I'm a part of the body, but we're in Christ, that Christ is doing the growing. And that there is scripture that says that God is the one growing the harvest. Absolutely. But this particular passage of scripture is talking about the work that we have to do in love. I'm talking about the love that we read earlier, not the mushy, gushy stuff, the love that stays when it's hard, the love that believes for the future, right? That love. We grow in love. We grow when every part does its work. So what are you doing? Yes, am I making a shameless plug to volunteer in church? You better bet your bottom I am, right? In the YouVersion Bible app, there's a link, I think, in our notes today that says we want to know more of you. If you click on that, there's a, a digital link that'll take you to an online connect card. You can even use the connect card on your seat if you're here in the room. But if you, fill, if you go and click on that link, we want to know more about you, we want to know you more, there's an option at the very bottom of the digital page that says joining the team. If you become a City Heart Church for a couple of weeks, I am literally saying it's time to get busy. It's time to get busy. It's time to get busy finding your fit. So if you click join the team, you're going to get an email from myself or a call from a member of our team this week. I'm going to give you till Tuesday, right? And we're going to figure out where your place is. But the reason why I'm encouraging you to get busy and become a part of the church is because there is a habit that's going to be formed, right? And it's going to affect your daily life. And your daily life should affect your life here in the church. So for example, if you're not in the habit of using your talents to bless your own home, it's going to be really difficult for you to get in the habit of using your talents here. So what I'm trying to do is get you to start using your talents here so I can get you to start using your talents to bless your own home. Do you see the connection? And so serving in church isn't just because we need you, but we, we do need you. If you've been coming to City Heart for a little bit, I bet you can figure out who's on camera and who's on behind those computers because you see the same people doing the same thing all the time. They love it and they're doing it because they love it, but they're doing it because there's nobody else doing their part. And so if we all do our part, you would only see them every couple of months and they wouldn't get that stressed out, burnt out feeling because they're in everybody else's lane and all this destruction is happening. We wouldn't have burnout. Yes, I'm talking about serving the local church, but I'm talking about building the habit of your everyday life. It's very difficult to glorify God with your time, glorify God with your talents if you're not in the habit of giving, if you're not in the habit of sacrificing for the sake of somebody else. 
It's hard for a child to be obedient if they've never been obedient. <laughs> it's hard for them to do right if they've never had to do right. And so I think it's important for all of us to establish the habit of discipline and doing right from your brother or your sister, doing right for your boss, doing right for your professor, doing right for other students. Because when you start to understand the power of giving, the power of giving away and what you actually reap, you win. And lastly, I'm gonna close with this. I'm not even gonna read the scripture. I'm just gonna close with it. You know, we're, we're all a body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about us being a body. And I'm sure many pastors have used this before. It doesn't make sense if there's a hand and there's a foot and then an ear to say to each other, hey, we don't need each other. The moment I cut my ear off, that ear is dead on the floor and then it affects my hearing. I need every organ, every piece has to be attached to the body in order for it to function. So every time we try to separate from the body of Christ, we stop functioning the way we were intended to function. And so if you're feeling like, I don't feel God, I'm not growing, right? What's happening? How come things aren't happening for me? You gotta ask yourself, men, are you disconnected? Are you disconnected? Are you doing your part? If you are connected, coming to church, going to small group, right? Plug for small group, look in the events tab in the YouVersion Bible app. But are you really engaged? Are you functioning? You can have a kidney and it's not functioning, right? Then the whole body is sick. And I wanna leave you with that because Christ is the head of the body, but we can't fully walk in the fullness of Christ. And we all are looking for that, right? If we all don't do our part, amen? Amen, let me pray for you right now in this moment because this is a tough word. This is a tough word. And there's people in this room right now, I just sense, everybody just close your eyes. And I just wanna make sure I don't miss this, that feel like they're not worthy to do the part. You know the part that God is asking for you to do. You know whether you need to do something in your home, on your job, on your campus. You know what you need to do in your local church. You know what you need to give of your time and of your talent and even of your provision. You already know, I don't need to tell you. But what I do sense the Father wanting you to know in this moment is that don't wait until you've got it all together. I sense like a, almost like a not feeling worthy feeling. <laughs> That's a lie from the enemy. God wants you to take a step. And along the way, as you pursue him, as he's pursuing you, as you answer the call of your father, he's gonna help you. He's not telling you to do something. He's gonna leave you out there by yourself. You've been waiting to get right before you come to him. And he's saying, daughter, you're gonna be sitting there waiting for a minute because actually you need me to get right. <laughs> so just come as you are. Just come. Come as you are. I'm not gonna leave you like that. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna heal you. I'm gonna set you free. I'm gonna deliver you. But I need you to come. I need you to trust me. Yeah, I've given you talents. You're talented. And I'm gonna help you form those. Maybe you've been using your talents to, for destruction. Maybe you've been a little bit more on the worry side and the stress side and the fear side. I can bring you over to the other side where there's life and joy and peace and freedom. That's what the Father is saying. 
So if you're in this room, if you're watching us online and you're like, oh gosh, that is me. Let's just pray this prayer together collectively. Let's rededicate our hearts to the Lord and surrender. Repeat after me, say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm so thankful for you. Lord, help me to use my talents to glorify you. Help me to reconnect with the body. Help me to engage with you. I repent of disconnecting. I repent of being selfish with my talent, with my time. Help me, Lord, and thank you. And with every head still bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, listen, that was your prayer of salvation and your prayer of recommittal, everything that you need. And so right now in this moment, I just wanna pray a prayer of, of just blessing and want to declare some things over your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you so much for everyone listening here in the room, listening to us online. And I just thank you, Lord God, that you are moving on the hearts of your children. For those listening to this message right now, you know exactly what we need. We just asked you for help. We said, thank you for it. And so God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking for more um, revelation and understanding that people, something just unlocks in their hearts and in their minds as they begin to open the word, maybe even for the very first time when they leave this place, as they sign up to become a part of a serve team here, as they sign up to become a part of a city group, they decide because you're already speaking to them. This is not the season to disconnect what the Holy Spirit's saying. There's so many ways to hide behind a computer screen. But the Holy Spirit is saying, this is not the season to disconnect. This is the season to engage. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you would help us to lay down our vulnerabilities, lay down the walls and the barriers, and help us to engage with the body. Because when we engage with the body, we engage with you. God, thank you for helping to grow our heart for the house. And I thank you that you're going to use our talents as we sacrifice, as we give, to bring an amazing harvest in our life of joy, of life, of freedom, hallelujah, and peace. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.